0: Hello, everyone. I am your host, Lauren, and you are listening to Empowered with Lauren. So, for all of you who have been tuning in to this podcast, you know that I created it for the purpose of women leading by example and being role models for our girls. My hope is to create or to build a society where women stand for women and girls stand for girls. Joining us today is an amazing woman on so many levels, a woman who truly supports women and is an advocate for them around the world. Elaine Espinola is a multimedia broadcast professional. She's a television producer, a TV host, a podcast host, a speaker, spokesperson, and is an international best-selling author. She was also crowned Mrs. D.C. America in 2015. Elaine continues to promote the platform of empowering women through entrepreneurship and is an advocate for women and children everywhere. She is also an advisory board member for the nonprofit Touching Heart, and she is a trained speaker for the Northern Virginia Human Trafficking Initiative. Welcome, Elaine. Oh, my God, you've accomplished everything. (laughs) How are you? And so grateful that you were joining us today.
1: Lauren, I am so grateful to be here with you. Thank you so much for that very, very kind introduction. This is amazing. Thank you for having me. It is an honor that you are going to be with us, and you have done so much,
0: and you truly are a woman that, that leads by example. And I always, you know, on this podcast, we talk about what an empowered woman really is. And an empowered woman to me is a woman that celebrates other women's successes and or gives voices for a, a women that can't speak for themselves. And whether that's for people that are in trouble or children, you are that person. And I'd I- love to talk about your journey.
1: Yeah. I appreciate you saying that so much. And I have to say that kind of gave me the chills because it does speak so passionately to me, what you just said, celebrating other women and, and using my voice to speak for those that don't. Um, you know, sometimes in life you just do things and you don't, this isn't a strategy or a plan, right? But but that mm-hmm. is my truth. I, I, I find myself always using my voice for those that can't, you know what I mean? And, and when you say that and, and when you talk about it in that way, you know, because I'm not here talking about myself, walking around. Hey, everyone! I love to empower women. <laughs> but when you hear someone else say that, it gave me the chills because I thought that's exactly how I feel. Um, and just real quick, regarding the pageant, I remember saying, and I and I do feel, and I say it all the time, it's not a competition. It's not a beauty competition. It's a celebration of women. Everyone love that. Celebrating yes. ourselves. No one is prettier than one another. No one is more talented than one another. No one is more deserving than one another. We're all just celebrating being women, and that's what it was for me, and that's what it continues to be as I think about pageantry. So that's real quick about the pageantry, then. I love it things to talk about. No, that's,
0: that's a powerful thing and I'm glad you defined that. Um, there's usually, you know, sometimes there's a, a, a different connotation and I think that's a truly special thing. It's about a celebration of women and coming together and bringing talents together and then yep. using that voice to help and inspire people that do not have a voice. You're a trained speaker for the Northern, Northern Virginia Human Trafficking Initiative, can you talk to us about a how you began on that journey and sure. b where you see or what has gone on in the world i and I'm kind of leading this one, you know with technology on how this has now become even more on the forefront and is blowing up everywhere?
1: yes. Absolutely. So I'll make the background of it a bit quicker so we could get to the good stuff and, and really help, you know, raise awareness here. Uh, but um, Lauren, in my 20s, after college, I took a job in Bangkok, Thailand, right? So my first experience, like, living on my own was right in the heart of Thailand. And as you can probably see where this is going, yes, I found myself in a situation where I was seeing things and I I didn't exactly know what I was seeing because I was really not aware of that at that point in my life, but something wasn't right. You know what I mean? And, and you see it everywhere. I mean, everywhere you know, there's brothels and there's, there's strip clubs and there's massage parlors. And, and I didn't know what I didn't know, but something in my heart was going like something's not right here. And so that was my first experience with, Basically, human trafficking. I just didn't know it then, okay. But it touched me profoundly because I not only saw it in Bangkok, where I lived for a year, but I traveled that year. I traveled to Cambodia, to Vietnam, to the Philippines, to Nepal. And Lauren, I saw it there too. I saw what I saw. I know what I saw. You know, a bunch of they look like little girls, and they're hanging around. And then there's a person, and you could just tell there's something despondent. There's something's not right. But again, I didn't know what I didn't know, right? So fast forward to now I'm a grown woman. I'm an adult. I'm living my life. I come across, I think it was a documentary, quite frankly. And it was one of those things. It was a documentary about uh, um, women who had been trafficked in Vietnam. And then this particular woman who was able to break free ended up creating a home and rescuing other girls and then trying to teach them skills so that they can create a life. And that's what this documentary was. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Because I felt like, oh my God, I saw that with my own eyes, and we all see things on TV that touch our heart and make us feel sad and compassionate, but this was something I couldn't go that was terrible turn the channel that was terrible. let me move on to my day tomorrow it just it, it was like it just hit me like a ton of bricks, and I thought I, I just can't um, I just can't step away from this. what can I right. do what can I do? Right. so I started to think I, I just started to think about my time in Thailand all of the things that I had scene. And I felt compelled. I absolutely was galvanized. Like I'm going to do something. I'm not, I'm not just going to simply sit back and go, that was terrible. So I started exploring and I live in Northern Virginia. And so I started going, there, there must be some organizations who can I reach out to? And it took me a bit of time because there's a lot of great organizations, but they're in the swing of, of what they're doing. And I'm going, how can I fit in here? I'm at this point, I'm really just a mom, you know, who wants to help. I'm not a police officer. I'm not a sociologist i 'm not a psychologist i 'm just i 'm just a mom who cares and so I just started reaching out and I found a lot of great organizations where I started reading a lot of stuff, I started educating myself, and then I came across the Northern Virginia Human Trafficking Initiative, which is a local organization close to where I live, and I learned more about what they do, and their angle in this whole fight is to support victims, locally recovered victims. And learn there's so many different angles, right? You can look at it from right. the awareness perspective, from prevention perspective, from legal um, perspective, Um, and then you can look at it from the perspective of supporting victims, right. And And healing right. Healing. And so, and and I just connected with the, with people there. We sat down, we had lunch. I shared my story. I shared why I was interested and that's how I got involved. And then from there, it turned into, okay, what can I do? Right. Again, I'm not a police officer. I'm not this, I'm not that, but I have a voice. (laughs) I have a voice and I'm not afraid to use it. And so I thought, well, okay let me let me let me become trained and understand let me get you know um, educated about the facts and then let me share those facts and let me use my voice to raise awareness and so that's what I have focused my efforts on doing. That's where I feel that I can best serve this fight. and so I've been you know for the last five years, I've just done various things trying to raise awareness in my community, basically about the dangers of human trafficking, and we'll get to this, and it's because it is touching our suburbs. Not that it's any more important that it's touching our suburbs than it is the fact that it's happening in third world countries, but you know that p- aren't aware pe- that people are not aware, and that's what I'm really glad that you said that is
0: that people think this is not happening if you live in a certain demographic, and they think that it's only in a, a Thailand. But I think right. that's what we need to educate and make sure the awareness is there is that it's hitting in all demographics all,
1: all over the world, all um, over the world. Let me share just a few, just a few statistics. And this comes from yes. the justprevention.org org website. Um, this of course happens in communities all across America. Lauren, every 30 seconds, a child or a teen is sold into slavery. The average age mm. of exploitation in the United States is 12 to 15 years old. This is the second largest criminal enterprise in the world, beside, behind drug trafficking, and it's expected to exceed drug trafficking. Um, the number of, cases I did, my, of I got chills. My
0: my skin yeah. is crawling. The hair on top of my neck. I, it, it it's
1: oh god! It makes me crazy. It's a thirty-five billion dollar criminal enterprise right now. Yes, That's right. That's right. That's right. More than a hundred thousand children are exploited annually in the United States. And then 14.5 million across the world. That, that (laughs) one child, one person, one man or woman or child sold into slavery, whether it's labor trafficking or or sex trafficking, that's too much and it's unacceptable. And then the, but then the numbers are staggering. And while it's overwhelming, I don't want anyone, these numbers are overwhelming, right? They're sickening. They're like, what, how can this be? But I want people to know, let's, let's let's dig our heels in and let's make one less victim and let's start there and let's educate people and let's just start here.
0: A hundred percent agree with you. I think that, and we spoke about this earlier at one point, you and I did, that the ramifications and the actual jail time and the penalties, see, we need to be a lot harder on that. Okay. Um, I, I think that we both agree. I know that and it was alarming when I found out that this wasn't illegal until 2000. Am I correct on that? That human trafficking became illegal, and this is when the Trafficking Victim Protection Act was passed, and it became right. a federal crime. But that was right. only 20 years ago. Like, this has well, been going then, on. Right?
1: Correct. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, right? No, Luke- there's still weird loopholes, and I don't, I, can't, I don't want to speak to them specifically because I don't know, and I don't want to misquote or misrepresent, but there's still loopholes where there's certain states where, like, the legal age of getting married to someone is 12. Uh, that's right. not, you know, we got to look into that because that, there's, these are weird loopholes, and this is all related to basically, you know, perpetrators on young children. Um, there's, still, sure. there's still laws in the United States where, you know, if, if a teen is picked up on the street, Is she prosecuted as a prostitute? She's not a prostitute, she's twelve. Right? So what's going on? So so it's all it's still gray and it's still evolving, but the good thing is it is as more awareness is is being created, more education, more people, more firefighters are being aware, more police officers, and 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 all different um, industries are understanding the dangers. Even you know Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, airlines, people are being educated and on the lookout, and this is all helping to change those laws and 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 catch perpetrators and rescue victims. Uh, I, I think they say one statistic is that less than 1% of victims are recovered. But I feel with education, like I said, if we can educate, you know, who goes into your home sometimes? Cable cable providers, right? They're in your backyard mm-hmm. snooping around because they're fixing the cable. Guess what? There are people trying to educate these cable people because they're in your homes. People like that, like we need to educate the community so we know what to see. And when you see something, you say something. And all of this is going to help. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. I also yeah. think that parents, whether they want to deal with this or not, um, I think they need to take their blinders off and understand that the introduction to te- with technology and the use of technology that they think that their children being on these sites, whether it's Snapchat or TikTok or House Party, that we unfortunately are allowing. These, these, perpet, I mean, these predators, to have access to our children right. and make it exponentially greater, make it so much easier for them. This is a dream for a perpetrator, don't you think? Like, and how do we educate these parents? I know I was looking at some stats myself, and the Missing and Exploited Children uh, had it out that in 2004, there were 450,000 files of missing or exploited children. With the Mm -hmm. intro to technology in 2018, it went from 450,000, Elaine, to 45 Mm -hmm. million,
1: 45 million. It's
0: astounding. And
1: make no mistake, make no mistake, the introduction to technology has absolutely catapulted this epidemic because it's so much easier to get access to your child, right? You no longer need to be creeping around the corner. You can just be on the internet. The so two things, if your kid is on an app, there are predators on those apps. Just know that. There are predators. 100%. Are on those 100%. Absolutely. So that's like the first thing parents need to know. So if, you, if you're going to give your kid a phone, a laptop, an iPad, whatever it is, and you're going to allow them to be on the, the apps, or even if you don't allow them, but they are, just know that that's where predators are. Where kids are, that's where predators are. And every time a new app or a new platform or a new form of technology comes out and everyone has to have that, that also is where those predators have to have that because they know that's that's where the kids are. Um, and so there's just, there's just no doubt about it that that has – I think it's one major reason why it has become even more widespread, because this is not, yes. again, the white van, right? People think, oh, my God, kidnappers, traffickers, they're in the white van driving around, grabbing a kid. Yes, that probably happens, and that's unfortunate. But more commonly, predators are creating relationships and connections with your child, posing as someone that they're not. And they're smart, and they're savvy, and they know what they're doing. They're on a mission, and they're looking to create those connections. And then they're looking to um, create these like quicker relationships of trust. They're basically grooming kids online. Grooming they're kids. Adept, yes. They're adept at avoiding detection um, because like, you know, they, you know, well, let's face it. Some of them are just stupid and then, but some of them are very smart and they, they are have, very savvy and and, yeah,
0: and they're they, using it as a, and it's a numbers game, right? Elaine, like, so let's, let's define what to our listeners, the grooming technique and what that actually means.
1: Right. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's basically the process by which you're gaining mm-hmm. trust, of a, of a younger person, and you're pretending like you're their friend, and some of these people are very patient. They might be playing Minecraft or what I don't even know, right? Because I, 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 my kids aren't online, and I, I don't, we don't play these games. I don't exactly. include right, right, right. But I know that a lot of kids are online, and they connect with people, whether they accept these friend requests or whether they've got the headphones on and they're playing a game and they're playing with someone else. Guess what? Just know that that someone else is not always little Johnny who's eight. It might be Big Johnny, who's forty-eight. 50, you know, who's
0: forty-eight, right? And that yeah. all the stories yeah. and all the research that I've been reading, it's you see that an eleven-year-old, a twelve-year-old girl put, goes online innocently, posts or mm-hmm. uh, puts up a profile, and mm-hmm. there are certain words, and she'll and, and she'll describe herself. Remember, mm-hmm. all these kids that are putting their entire life out yes. for everybody to see. So these yes. creepy, disgusting. Uh, perpetrate i mean these these predators they 're looking for girls that are or boys that are showing that they 're lonely or that they 're not feeling happy or belonging in their in with, with their with their peers or they say their parents aren 't understanding them, and so you mm-hmm. have creepy johnny who 's forty eight who 's mm-hmm. pretending to be a thirteen year old boy who is speaking to your 12-year-old, 11, 12-year-old daughter, and it's a numbers game where they do this to 15 other girls, right, Elaine? And so one or two of them are going to hit, and they have this longevity. They'll spend six months to a year doing this. Exactly. And I, I think our parents need to understand, our listeners need to understand, that what you said before, it's human trafficking now. It's not just getting someone in a van and stealing them. It's also right. like sex torsion right? Is that the word I'm using right? It's tourism, exactly. Using exactly. Uh, pictures to distribute or blackmail right. these victims and then spreading their image. So I, I saw a, a crazy statistic that mm-hmm. 42% of traffic victims never even met their, their trafficker in person. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Right. It's online it's online. Yeah. So yes, we have the situation where they groom them, they become friends. Um, mm-hmm. There are situations and are way too many to even, uh, I mean, to, to wrap yourself around where they mm-hmm. get the trust of the person and then they mm-hmm. think that they're in this relationship. She thinks she's, eight, your 11, 12-year-old thinks she has a boyfriend with this 13-year-old boy. Right. After eight or nine months, he tells her to meet, meet them. Meet them at a mall or something. The parent drops mm-hmm. them off, and you don't see your kid. There's that scenario, and then right. there's pl- way too many scenarios also where he gets her or she gets the 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 eleven twelve year old to sh- show some some pictures of herself because he's showing pictures of himself, and this right. is what they think that they're telling them that they're they're supposed to be doing, right. and then blackmails the girl yeah. where whether we're going, I'm going to embarrass you and show you this, show you to your parents, your friends, yeah. and the girl starts giving or, or, or doing things in fear that something right. else is going to happen. Right. And right. Elaine, isn't that more the case that's going on and parents have to understand that allowing our children to be on these apps, it's more than just saying, "Oh, they're not getting uh, their communication skills aren't right. They're not learning about um, life or experiences. They're only dealing with posts and that and that perceptions mm-hmm. more important than reality." But it's so right. much greater than that. There's
1: a huge risk for their lives. Absolutely. You know, a couple things. I, I spoke with a firefighter. Actually, I interviewed him on my show. Um, when I, I interviewed the executive director of Northern Virginia Human Trafficking Initiative on my show, Capital Connect, and the firefighter came on, and he was part of, as I mentioned, you know, trying to educate the community, right? So that so that it's not just parents on their own, right? It's the whole community looking up for these things. But his what he had said stuck with me, um, and, and it's really common sense, but we don't always think of it like this. But you know, we would never walk out of our home and leave our front doors wide open and leave our 9-, 10-, and 11-year-old in the house for eight hours. We would never do that ever, right? That's not safe. Anyone can walk in our home. But if you let your kid on the Internet and you're not basically hovering over their shoulder looking at what they're looking, right, even if even if you're home and they're in their room on the Internet, that's basically what you're doing. You're basically opening the door to anyone and everyone to have access to your child. And then the other thing, um, as you were talking earlier about you know, you know, children, they share their profiles, right? Whether even if they're not on Facebook, like they old people, right? They're on Snapchat. They're sharing their pictures, their thoughts, their this, their that. Predators, they're doing their homework. They're looking for those vulnerable people. Or like you said, it's a numbers game. They cast a wide net and see what happens. They're patient. They're methodical. They're doing their homework. Just like if a burglar was going to break into a home, they're looking around to see which one is quiet, which one doesn't have a lot of cars. You know they'll be right. nice and patient and go. That looks like the good home. I'm not going to get caught in. But this one looks like you know too too loud. too many people dogs this that right. So they're doing their homework. And so just know you know. So we do want to talk to our kids about what are what are we sharing online? Should we even be sharing anything online? Probably not. But what probably even not. if it's your profile, how old you are this that. But you're sharing your thoughts. You know the little things about right. you know where you go to school. But but your thoughts and and how you feel and and you know the studies are showing that. That they, that they are, they're, under, they're, they're getting to know your kid and you have no idea, right? Just like, you know, just like anyone can say, oh, I feel like I know your kids, I see them online, they're so great. You're going, well, so do predators, <laughs> you know? Nice. So, right. So just, just, just be aware. We've got to be cognizant. Knowledge is power. you just got to know. You cannot put the blinders on and not want to think about these dark things. We just need to acknowledge that that's the truth so that we can take action to empower our families. Because when you know, you can't unknow, right? And so that's that's huge. Everyone can join in the fight to end human trafficking, and we all should because it's an evil and it's horrible and it affects everyone. And, and, and we have to be a community of, of family people looking out for one another. But, you know, you got to do how you can do for you. You know what I'm saying? I, I, 100%. I, yes. I think you and I had spoke earlier, but it's, it is a dark topic. And that's why a lot of people, oh, gosh, I don't want to think about that. Let's move on, right? It's dark, terrible, yikes. However... I feel, but yes, it's dark, and that's exactly why I need to bring it to light. Number one, but also, me—I'm a human being, right? And so sometimes I find myself getting too entrenched in this information where I'm—I'm going, okay, let me take. And you get sucked in. Yes. Let me take a step back. This, this is intense, you know, and let me focus on how I can best serve. Let me raise awareness and, and help educate and empower people on how they can continue to remain confident and remain educated about dangers online and how parents can understand what these dangers are and how parents can talk to their kids about what these dangers are. Um, and so that, yeah, that's where I try and focus my energy. So there's two things I'd say I'd love to ask you on this.
0: I mean, I know we we spoke about this, and you kind of touched on it for a second or so, that being a parent, you don't allow them to go online. And and what are the ages of your children again?
1: Yeah, so I have a 12-year-old. I have three, 12-year-old, 11-year-old, and 9-year-old. We're technology-free. Now, listen, schools across the country are, are, are going into technology, so they have been issued laptops from their school. It's not my preference. It's, but at the same time, it, there's not much I can do about that. So they're doing their homework, you know, on the computer. Uh, but we don't. We don't. We're not on. We're not googling things. We're not on. We're not on social. We're not. On, you're not on Snapchat. You're not on TikTok. These kids aren't right. Right. Yeah. No. And, and I'm not. I'm not judging anyone who does. Those apps are fun. The, the internet is great. It's a wonderful source of, of, of information and communication. And we love talking to Grandma on FaceTime you know, with me there, all of that. Um, So I'm not, and and there's no judgment here. We're we're just trying to raise awareness. Um, And I'm not saying like, hey, parent, if your kid's on TikTok, you're a terrible parent and your kid is at danger. Uh, But I will say your kid is at danger. And let's just, let's just know that. Educate them in your home, reevaluate perhaps what you want to do with that knowledge. Um, Right. You know, because every parent has to make every parent has to make their
0: own decision. And I agree about you have to you have to lead your journey. You have to have and let someone else lead their journey. Do you want to give them all the facts so that they can make right decisions based knowing all the the facts in in front of them? But I would say that using technology, technology. and, and like you said, there's wonderful things about technology, speaking to grandma on FaceTime, but there is a very big difference of an, of an adult doing stuff than a yeah. child doing stuff, right? right? And having the tools to navigate and understand and developing a sense of self before you're putting yourself in that situation so and I agree with you completely Elaine like I have a five and a half year old daughter um I am against social media for children Mm -hmm. I'm not a social media person myself in general like I don't I don't feel the need personally again I'm not judging others in that way I don't understand the phenomenon or the the obsession with the constant posting the need Mm -hmm. for validation I I don't get that but what I think I, it bothers me more than anything is that we're putting children in a situation where they're getting constant feedback, negative and positive, mm-hmm. that they don't have a sense of self mm-hmm. and that before doing that. And then right. that, that, those comments are defining how they see themselves and how they see their peers. And yeah. then let's add on the fact that we are exposing them to every sick person out there that is exploiting what their, the child's likes are, dislikes are, and they're Mm -hmm. getting this false sense of what a connection is. So if you, if you're, if we're going to talk to our parents that are allowing the, the, the social media to be in their lives, what, what, Tangible things can you tell the parent that if you're going to go down that road and you are going to mm-hmm. have social media in your household, what would you tell the parent to look for or speak with the child about <laughs> so, so the child has a, has a better
1: chance of using it in a safe manner? Sure. First, foremost, and consistently is communication. So if you're going to allow that, and again, plenty of parents do, and it's, it's not, a, you know, it's not awful, right? There are plenty of great things, but so if your kids are on social media, your kids are on the internet, the kids have their own phone and access to that. We absolutely need to communicate with our kids what the dangers are, right, have a really in-depth great conversation with your kids it's no different than you know parents having to have you know the big scx talks with their kids right it might be uncomfortable right. but you got to do it and in this case it can save their life so you you do it not just once um kind of like when your kid is three and four and five you tell them you never run after a ball in the street do you say that once when they're three or do you say that 900 times Every time they're outside until they're right. 15, until they get saved safe for life. And their instinct is to get their ball. And so you're, you're wanting them to know that in that instant when something happens, you have to resort back to what keeps you safe. And so that's why we need to talk to our kids about the dangers online, what people do, what predators do, how they gain access, the fact that they pretend to be someone they're not, the fact that you might think you have a friendship with someone for Listen, if I created a friendship with someone for six months, I'd probably feel good about that person. You know what I mean? Over some course of time, you feel like you know that person, and and that's what. And you have to tell your kids, like even adults can get scammed and duped, duped, and adults do get scammed and duped. Right. But you're and you're a child. Think of that. Think of how much more vulnerable, you are, you're a child, right? And so you, you put it in a way that says, like, you, it's not you, you're not dumb, you're not a bad kid, you're not looking for bad things online, you're not trying to have inappropriate connections with people, it's not you, it's bad guys looking for you, and they're there. Um, and so you, you, you know, you want to empower your kid to say, like, you know, it's not you, it's not you I don't trust, it's the world out there, and let me tell you why and you talk about it. And then the second thing I always, I, I do with my own kids and I recommend people do it too, is that you role play those scenarios, you know, or, and, and you have as a parent, if you're going to let your kids online, it it would be my opinion and my, my recommendation that you have rules. Hey, we don't accept friendships from anyone. A hundred percent. And that's, that's, up to the parent's discretion. Okay, hey, maybe they do want to have a connection with the neighbor right next door, and you know for a fact it is the neighbor next door. I don't know. But the point is you have rules with your children about what they're doing online, and and one should be that you're not accepting connections Uh, because, again, you don't know who these people are, and they can pretend to be other people, and they create false accounts. You let your kids know that, not just once, but 10 times. And kids don't always want to hear this from parents, right? They don't always want lectures from parents, especially when... They're young and they're cool and they're 15. And mom, you don't even know what TikTok is. Why are you telling me? Right? I get that. Um, but but you educate your kids in lots of different ways. It's you telling them. It's maybe there's a seminar at the library. And where I live, I I constantly hear about these opportunities at the library, at the high school, places where you can bring your teen to you know learn more about it. I went and spoke to a Girl Scout troop. Hire someone to come speak to your Girl Scout troop, or not hire, ask, right? Ask the ask, volunteers. Right. I did. I speak for um, them too.
0: So, so I speak. It's a great community. It's a very powerful community. So,
1: so find ways to constantly get this message to your kids, so that they're hearing it from so many different places. So now, so now, that's what's in the back of their mind when they think about the internet. You know, just just like listen, when you when a kid thinks about themselves in a like. Tell your kid, hey, how would you feel if I dropped you off in New York City, drove away? Uh, what feelings would you feel? What, you know, they'd say scared. Some kids would say, great, uh, thanks. See you later. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm glad you feel great. I'm glad you're a confident kid. Well, let me tell you what exists. You know, and so you just, you just have these conversations and you put them in these situations to make them think. And then you ask them, how do you feel about that? What do you think? What questions do you have? Um, and I say, "badger, the hell out of them <laughs> I, well, mean, that's, see, it's, that's, it's I mean I think life. it goes back into that, Elaine. I think when
0: parents are worried that their their kids are not going to think that they 're cool, and I say to the parent, I think we should care much more about keeping your kid alive and safe yeah. and um i wouldn 't think so much about the badger part i 'd think about the fact <laughs> that i'm i 'm doing this. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm here to protect you. My job is to protect you. My yeah. job is to give you tools to keep yourself out of harm's way as well, right? Right. Um, and I don't think the parents understand. So when I was doing a lot of research because I am obsessed with this topic, mm-hmm. each platform, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, um, there's a thing called meetme.com, WhatsApp, Tinder, Grinder, Plenty of Fish, all have had, I mean, multiple situations with human trafficking and children mm-hmm. victims. And yes. I think that parents really are not grasping the severity
1: of what yes. the reality is. Right, and right. Very true. That's very true because, you know, because the parents themselves, I myself, people themselves, kids themselves, they engage and everything's fine. Everything's dandy. They're living their life. They might have had uh, Instagram accounts for years. Life is great. It's fun. I like it. I'm safe. I'm great. So therefore, like, of course, you're going. I'm fine. You know, I'm fine. Um, and so, th- the notion is, we're still gonna. We're. I. You know, you've never run in the street and get your ball, but guess what? I'm still gonna remind you every day. I'm still gonna remind you every day because I don't want you to die. <laughs> you know. Right. Um, I also
0: think it's but I also think it's really important tell me if you agree that we kind of change the landscape a little bit by saying to the kids and making it coming from a position of power being being more private is powerful. I don't think yeah. it's a great thing that we are either turning a blind eye as a parent or as educators that the kids are putting everything out there. Mm -hmm. We should maybe bring it back. And it starts at home of saying being more private is is cool. That is cool. You don't need to let every single person know what is Mm -hmm. going on because Mm -hmm. there are bad people out there. So Mm -hmm. by making this more of a, um, A topic of understanding that to keep certain things more close to the vest. Like, I think first we have to understand what a true friend is, and and Mm -hmm. not a a friend is not based on how many likes you do get. And I think that's a lot of the issues with kids is that they're not understanding or the lines are blurred between what a friend is. You don't need to have two hundred friends, right? Like, that's not so. That's where I think sharing your deepest and darkest thoughts online can't yeah. be a good situation. Um, I know I, I looked up this, this website and I, I think we spoke about it at one point. Um, the, the company, the organization that Demi, Moore, and Ash and Kush just started, oh, a thing called Fern. Thorn. Thorn, right? yeah. And they're actually using technology in a positive way to oh. help. Get uh, to, to to find these missing children, right? Yeah. And to help law enforcement. But uh, when I looked online, it said 63% of the children that Thorn had encountered that have been victims of human traffic tra- trafficking have met their uh, their predator online. That's 63% mm-hmm. of the children yeah. who've been involved in human trafficking, and right. I think it's all stemming, like we talked about that I think we really need to put the emphasis on getting the child. If you are going to use these apps to be more private. And I think the biggest thing you said is there's no reason to accept outside friend requests that you keep it insular with the friends, you know, like we talked about this, you and I, a couple of weeks ago, Um, about old school, if you were meeting, if you had, if you were dating somebody, they had to come and meet kind of like your dad, right? Before you were able to go out. Right. Remember those days? Yeah. So what do we think about talking to the parents about saying and explaining to the children that you want to know who they're speaking with? You want that, those people to be approved in their network. Yeah. Let's, yeah. And, you know, Let's take away the access to these sick people
1: that are, that are, that are, that are roaming and, and, and checking out our children. Absolutely. And, hey, I would even take it a step further, and I don't want to deviate from this conversation, but, you know, just like with little kids, when you don't want them doing something, do you constantly just say no, 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 no? Or do you just, you know, distract them or introduce them to something else, right, when you want them to stop exactly. doing that? So so here's my thought. And and again, I don't want to deviate too far from this conversation, but let's just get our kids active. Let's engage their life in other ways. Let's get them more involved in the sports and the walking and the outdoor stuff so that they're not always sitting around on the phone. A hundred percent. Elaine, you, know you I mean? and I agree that's, completely that's on this. this. So yes, we can talk all day long and we should talk all day long about the dangers that exist online. I'm telling you, parents, please have this conversation with your kids, not once but 10 times. Do it frequently. Do it lightheartedly. Do it seriously. Just do it frequently. Um, give them real statistics. Educate yourself. There's so many great resources online. Common Sense Media is a great organization that helps create what they call, I think it's called uh, Smart Digital Citizens, because they, their whole mission is that it, they're saying, listen, we realize We we realize the internet is here. As I said, schools are handing them out. So that's out of my control now that my kid has one. Um, So how can we empower kids to make smart choices? Because we can't always prevent them from being on a computer. I cannot prevent my kid from being on a computer at school because it's there, right? It's given to them. So how can I now educate them to make their own smart choices? So that's another angle to it. Um, And then outside of that, Keep having these conversations, keep educating them. And then, hey, maybe we just, maybe we just get them off their phones <laughs> in general, right? Let's, and, let's and build, build experiences, to... right? And yeah, do activities. Let's not play online. Let's play outside. Let's go outside. Let's, what sport do you love? Do you love arts? Do you love craft? This stuff doesn't have to cost a million dollars. We can go to the library together. Just, you know, let's just build stronger, real, true personal relationships. <laughs> Within our families and within our communities and with friends and outside and less online. My kids aren't online. And guess what, Lauren? They don't miss it, even though they, they don't miss around. it. They don't know it. They're just, it's not their habit. They're, they're fine. They do other things. Yeah, and you just made it a good it, point. It,
0: I, that you just, yeah. And you're creating habits because you, yeah. you are creating ex- kids that want to experience life. So if like you're handing a child
1: like the high of riding your bike and going a little faster than normal and the adrenaline that gives you, I want that to be the rush, not the, Ooh, I got three legs. That's not the rush. I want them to have <laughs> not the experience I want them to have. I would much rather them rollerblade on my driveway and giggle. And that's the rush and the high I want them to have. And I want them to knock on someone's actual front door and ask a kid to play. Not, and you know, ask for a friend request and receive it and have, you know, an online friendship. I'm not saying those are horrible. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying, for me, this is what I feel is best. And I want to use my voice to share with others, you know, consider this too. You know, maybe reconsider what your kids are doing or what you're allowing or how the levels or parental controls. Just revisit it. You know, just revisit it frequently.
0: Elaine, I completely agree with you, and I think we need to bring back childhood. Bring back childhood. And like you said, bring back connecting and playing with each other, knocking on each other's doors. Or if, you don't, if you're in a place that you can't just walk to someone's house, you make a date to actually meet them and go and do something. So yeah. it's building, ex- building friendships and relationships by experiences. And I think we need to do that much more as a society. And mm-hmm. the parents need to be active participants engaging in activities with their children. Mm-hmm. And I know each person has their own journey and how they handle things, but we are in a societal crisis right now. And our children are suffering, and we need to, we need to do more things to bring back happiness in children's lives so they don't feel the need to post all their thoughts online and be exposed. Mm -hmm. We need to crack down. We need to end human trafficking.
1: And And I think what what
0: you're – go ahead. Sorry.
1: I was going to say, and don't don't feel like you have to do it alone, okay? Talk to your next-door neighbor. Talk to your kids' best friends' parents. Have these conversations and see what they think. Maybe they agree with you. Maybe they're going to go, you know, I mean, listen, when the kid is like has their phone. Oh, I hear. I I know. I realize it's hard to get it back. You know what I mean? It's hard to take that away. Um, And and parents will parents will say that I, I wish I never gave it to them. I wish I never let them set up Facebook. And then it's 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 well. Okay, listen, because I'm hardcore, it wouldn't be hard for me. I'd be like, give me the phone. <laughs> exactly. I'd be like, I'm not, I don't bat an eye over that one. But yeah, no. But for some people, they're like, oh, it's so hard, or I wish I didn't let this, you know. And so as much as I like to feel like I inspire others, so many families and parents and friends inspire me. And they might have older kids, and they say, I wish I never let them. Learn from me. Don't ever let them. And so that, that, that's ammunition for me to go, thank you. I, I thank you. Because the, the tendencies are out there. The pressures are out there. Parents feel it, too. Parents want to be the cool parents, the nice parents, the savvy parents. You know, um, you know, you want to give your kids all the stuff. It's, I'm, I'm not trying to be a mean mom by not letting them have it. You know, and I've realized that they feel left out. I've realized that. I, P.S., I don't care. But I realize that, and I don't want them to feel like they're bad and all that. But I guess my point is don't go at it alone. Talk to your friends. Talk to your Talk to your neighbors make the conversations happen and then maybe maybe you'll find you know an ally in in your kids best friends parents and they might go you know what, as a group let's all let's all do that let's exactly all do that. let's all get so, them off online it's, let's get them together at the ice rink at the roller rink let's do other stuff
0: i and i agree with you and i think that you made a very great point of saying uh, that most parents who i speak to will say i gave in and let them be on social media because I didn't want my child to be uh, left out or ostracized. And I get that, but at the end of the day, we are the parents and we are the ones in control. And if we all band together and all do it together as a community, I'm doing this in in my child school right now, that if we're all on board, if we all know what's ahead of us, in this room when when the child supposedly gets the phone in seventh grade, Mm -hmm. why, if we all say we don't want to participate in this social media craze and this Mm -hmm. constant um, hours on the computer, that's a full-time job, by the way, for parents to monitor. If we all band together, we're taking back the control, not to be mean, to actually right. instill a sense of self in each one of our child and bring back the childhood like we talked about, and yeah. now it's off the table. So I do yeah. agree, get out and speak to your neighbors, get out and speak to your, your community, and if you band together, we can slowly but surely change what's going on, change, change the landscape of what is happening out there with our children. We can yeah. make a difference. Yeah, it takes absolutely. a village, but it, and it's right. And it's yeah. the more you're out there and the more you're doing instead of just saying, you know, I throw my hands up. I know it's a yeah. horrible thing, but let me just give in because that's what everyone else is doing. That's the wrong yeah. message. And you have been a leader your entire career. Your entire journey has been you're an advocate and you see if something you felt that when you were out in Thailand, you're like something. It's not sitting right here with me. It's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You delve further. I can't just turn my back on that. I'm not just going to go along with it. I'm going to make a difference. And each person can make a difference, like you said, Elaine, in a different way. But yeah. you have to make the effort. You have to
1: make the effort, right? That's right. And when you do that, and when you do that with your kids, number one, you're, you're showing by example Okay. For your kids, we are, we are our kids' biggest example, our actions. So you're, you're sharing that great example, but you're also, while you're empowering your kids, you're raising their confidence when they are out there riding that bike and they learn to do those tricks and they make a new friend on the bike. And now they're at the, you know, library, skate park, playground, wherever making friends. All of that is building your child's self-esteem And confidence, which is another amazing, positive, important, and impactful quality that every child needs to nurture, that doesn't always come from nowhere, that comes from it being nurtured. Um, You and I talked about this. Little kids, you know, they're two, they're three, they're happy. They have huge smiles on their face, usually, right? And then something happens, life starts chipping at them doubts, and things, and people, and comments, and life, right? And so it's really so important that we. Build them up, build up their confidence and their self-esteem. As another, a, you know, leads them to success. You know, p- propel propels them to do bigger and greater things because they're confident in themselves. But b, it shields them from the vulnerabilities that predators are looking for. Um, yes. It's a real different- bully no different than a bully they're looking for that kid who's kind of quiet and downcast maybe alone and secure you know predators like a bully can spot it on the playground a predator can spot it online because they're smart and they're savvy and they've done this before and they're looking for it and they know what to look for um and so we want to build our child's that's a whole nother thing right in addition to educating them getting them offline talking them parental patrols. how about also very strategically and, 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 and importantly and, and focusing on your kids' self-esteem and confidence for all of those great reasons. That's just another Number, I think that's pretty much that's the foundation. I mean,
0: we talk about building a house. You want the strong foundation and the house is going to fall. That's the foundation yeah. before we do anything about getting online, yeah. not getting online, building yeah. the self-esteem in each child. I yeah. 100% agree with you on that. Elaine, your journey is spectacular. Let's veer off onto another topic. You're an international best-selling author. Talk to us about how you got there, what inspired you, and tell us about this book.
1: You're so kind. You're so kind. Thank you for for sharing that. Um, You know, I... um, I'm the kind of girl, when an opportunity comes, I'm I'm all over it. I usually say yes and figure it out later. <laughs> and maybe that's because I'm a confident woman. And when I say that, I'm not saying that from an egotistical standpoint, right? I don't think I'm all that. That's not what I mean. I'm simply confident in who I am, my flaws and all, my imperfections and all. I'm just, I'm just confident in who I am. And so when I say that, I, I say this opportunity came around to be part of a book and I had been thinking about it anyway. I felt like man, I've traveled the world. I've lived abroad. I've done this pageant. I've learned a lot about myself and others. I, I feel like I have a lot to say and to share, and I kind of want to write a book. And I had been thinking about that for a while. And then as the universe sometimes does, it like manifests itself into this opportunity where someone randomly reached out and said, I'm writing a book with 17 other female writers and we'd love for you to be part of it. I thought, oh my God. This, how, wow, this couldn't be more easy for me to get involved in this because what was holding me back, Lauren, was how do you write a book? How do you go about right. it? How do you get an editor? I don't know. Do I self publish? It's intimidating, right? So a lot of people want to, but it's like, how do I go about that? And lo and behold, this opportunity showed up that made it so easy. And I thought, even better, I'm writing this with other women. I love that. We're we're all sharing our story. And so it's called Born to Be Me. It's on Amazon. And it did. It reached international bestseller and each chapter is written by a different woman who's sharing um excerpt of her life about what shaped her to be the woman she has become. And so in the book I talked I talk about um my travel and I talk about specifically when I went to Cape Town, South Africa, and I went to the townships there and things that I saw and how it affected me. So much that it really kind of changed the woman I was when I saw that when I was, I think, 20 years old. It just really shaped who I felt I was in the whole entire world, you know, little old me the dot in the in the whole world. It was just – it was so profound, and that really kind of helped um, – Shape the decisions that I made moving forward in my life. I'm 42 now. So I've made a lot of different decisions in my life, but at any rate, that's sort of, I, I, that's the chapter that I wrote about. So just kind of what helped shape who I am. And so that's the book born to be me. And I'm so grateful that I, I got to be in that journey with these other women. It was a wonderful experience. And I'm all about, you know, as we started out and, and what your podcast is all about, Women supporting women and girls supporting girls. I think it's beautiful and wonderful and awesome and empowering. And I put myself in those situations every chance I get um, because it, and I, it lifts me. It, it me lifts forward. you up.
0: It, yeah, I'm going. I want. I want each one of our listeners to know that when I. When we, Someone made an introduction for us, and when I picked up the phone, the first thing that you reached out in email and you said, Lauren, I cannot wait to speak with you like immediately. And when I picked up the phone and we talked within one second, your energy um, and your, your openness, it was such a breath of fresh air because there are so many women – Unfortunately, that are riding on this this, uh, this platform of we empower each other, and yet they don 't live by example, so they 're doing mm-hmm. it a lot for PR, I would say, right mm-hmm. and then if you reach mm-hmm. out to them or something has gone on, then they really don 't want much anything to do with it it 's all about mm-hmm. what it looks like on paper for people to think of their, their, th- 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 you know, think of their image. You truly are you talk the talk, you walk. The walk, and I am grateful that I have you in my in my in my life as a strong woman and a woman that actually really does want to see other women women do great, and that that to me is power because you are truly a beautiful woman i mean you're a spectacular look at, you have to say, and I'm saying this <laughs> with all respect um you know but you and I really mean that you're a beautiful inside and outside. And every time I've spoken to you, I've hung up the phone with a smile on my face. And I want to thank you for that. Thank you for being a girl's girl and a girl, a woman that celebrates other women. Thank you for that.
1: Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for sharing all of that. If you could see me, I know we're doing this uh, audio podcast here, but I'm blushing. So such kind words. They really touch my heart. I'm grateful to know you as well. Um, And then I encourage every woman to find other women, reach out just like Lauren and I reached out. We were introduced by a mutual friend and, you know, make those connections with other women. It will lift you up too. We need that. Um, Thank you for saying all those kind things. I feel the same about you. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you
0: for being here. Thank you for talking about your journey, Born to Be Me. We need to all go get that, read it. Having 17 women, probably all fascinating, talking about a journey that they've been on or what has inspired them. So let's all get that, Born to Be Me. I will always be following your career. Talk about. I know that your show is on hiatus, and hopefully it's coming back. Do you want to say anything about that?
1: Yeah, sure. Please, you can follow me on Instagram to see what I'm up to. The show is called Capital Connect, and I uh, basically highlight people and organizations that are making an impact in or, in or around our nation's capital in Washington, D.C. area. Um, and then I host a podcast for the Better Business Bureau called The Beach Trail. Um and you can you can check that out as well. But um, yeah, please, please feel free to follow uh Follow any of those if those interest you, and I and I encourage everyone to um, think about the things we talked about regarding human trafficking. Just just do a search, and you'll find lots of great resources. But educate yourself, and then educate others. Just use your voice. Have conversations over coffee. You know, they don't need to be dark, deep, and horrible. They can be hopeful and uplifting and informative.
0: I love that. Thank you for everything. Elaine, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your journey. And most importantly, thank you for always having a voice and speaking for women and children who do not have a voice. We need to end human trafficking. And parents, we need to know that in every chat room our children are involved in, if they're on social media, that predators are there. And lurking and waiting for them. We do not want to give them access to our children. Be mindful. So, to all my listeners, some of you have asked how to be notified when new episodes have aired. You need to make sure notifications are turned on in the settings of your podcast app. And in addition, in the Apple Podcast, uh, Make sure that you tap on the podcast notification setting. And in the next screen, turn on notifications for this particular podcast, Empowered with Lauren. Either way, please check frequently since new and empowering episodes are recorded at least twice a month. I am wishing all of you a very healthy, happy, amazing day filled with light and peace. Until next time.